Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Back Porch Writer Podcast, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. It's live, fun, and informative. Each week, I chat with writers, editors, and industry pros to give you and me a heads up about this whole new awesome publishing world. Back Porch Writer is about creating the life that you want through writing and publishing. Are you ready to tap submit? Let's explore the possibilities together. Welcome to Back Porch Writer. Welcome to Back Porch Writer, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller, and today is September 27th, 2016, and it is a gorgeous day again outside. It's all bright, and it's not hot. I love that. I really do. I know I've mentioned this before. I just, I love that we're coming into fall, and it's getting cool, and I can have the windows open. I just, this is brilliant. Love it, love it, love it. Can't complain about it one little bit. So today I thought it'd be fun to talk about uh, procrastination and my guest, we were just chatting before the, the show started, we were also talking about not just procrastination, but fear of failure. So we're probably going to get into that a little bit too. But before we do, I want to sh- give a few shout outs to some people who have been supporting me over on Twitter and sharing my information about my books. Um, there's PA Pretty, thank you so much, at PA Pretty, it's P-R-I-D-D-Y, for supporting my work, Dante, that's my children's book, and at Almond Writes, Arlene, thank you so much for spreading the word about Dante. And of course, RG Book World and Reader's Gazette, you guys rock over there um, sharing information about Dante, and of course, Deadly Sins 1 and 2, I really appreciate everything that you do, and I'm looking forward to having you on the show at some point, so you better get in touch. So thank you to all those people over there. I, I was going over on Twitter, obviously, and reading one of my lists that I have there, and, and I forgot all about Indie Author Fringe. Um, Indie Author Fringe is put on by Ally, a group I belong to, and it's a, these are fun events. They used to do Indie Recon, and it went on for a couple of days. Now they're this year they just tried a different approach, so they're calling it Indie Author Fringe, and these one-day events coincide with major book fairs that are happening. So the London Book Fair, and then you have the Indie Author Fringe happening too, or the Book Expo in New York, and then there's an Indie Author Fringe. I think there's three or four uh, scheduled throughout the year. So the next one is coming up October 22nd. Um, so you can go over to the Ally website and find out more information about Indie Author Fringe and the uh, speakers that are going to be involved in that event. It's a free event. Uh, and I did not participate in the very first one that I think was attached to the uh, book expo, but that's because the, the speakers, what they were talking about, just didn't fit what I was into at the moment. So I didn't want to spend my time there. Uh, this one I might because it looks like there's a few other, few different speakers and people I'm not familiar with and not as familiar with their work. So I may check that out a little bit more, but I have to go back and, and look. The other thing I found over on Twitter, which was um, kind of cool, and I haven't had a chance to read it, but I wanted to throw it out there for you so that you could check it out, is if you go over to Now Novel, that's nownovel.com, it's a blog. There is a, a, a blog article there called How to Write a Book Series, 10 Tips for Writing Smash Hits. And I was just 
perusing quickly and I'm like, oh, I need to read this uh, because there might be some really good nuggets in there. And I think, um, oh, yes, Angela Ackerman is the one who posted that over on Twitter. Uh, so if you don't remember that, remember Angela Ackerman, and you'll probably be able to find the, the blog post that I just referenced because you know I just found it, so it's not even in the show notes here. Sorry, it's, it's not there. <laughs> not going to lie. So that is what's going on right now, right here. Oh, before I ask Glendon to come on to the show, Glenn Perkins is, is the guest I have um, here on the show. He's going to be – he's been on the show before. He was on a couple times in the first year in 2013 when I first started Back Porch Rider, and we had so much fun talking. And, and, and one, we did it as a group thing because we were all talking about horror because I love Halloween, and he writes horrors and, and thrillers and things like that. And he's always, his writing has always reminded me of uh, Edgar Allan Poe, which is a huge compliment, I think. I love Poe. I haven't read him in a while, but I've always liked his work. Anyway, so he'll be on the show in just a second. But before I do that, I have to brag about my son for a minute. So I have a 12, now 12-year-old son, and he's in the sixth grade. And a couple of weeks ago, his schoolmates were talking about the election, something I don't like to talk about. I don't like talking about politics. Um, to me, there's just no point. I have my, my views, my opinions, and I, I read a lot and all that. But I don't like talking with other people about it. But he was coming home talking about various things with the election and what his friends were saying, and it irritated me to no end. And that resulted in me giving him a political science assignment project that culminated in a presentation in front of his father and me. So he did that yesterday. So he spent the first week doing a report on Trump did the second week doing a report on Hillary Clinton. He opted not to consider any other candidates. He just wanted to focus on the the two, the Democrat and the Republican candidate. And he had to use primary source information in order to write his report. He also had to use something called the VIA Strengths um, Survey or VIA Character Strengths Survey. And what that survey does is, is it gives you insights into who you are, what your primary strengths are. There's, I think, a list of 24. And the ones that fall in the top five are the things that really at your core, this is who you are at the end of the day. You know, and for him, teamwork was a huge thing. Um, honesty was up there. Creativity was up there. So the, these are character traits that everybody possesses, and some are just stronger for you than others. Um, but your top five are your, your go-to strengths in a pinch. That's how you will respond is based on those, those values and those strengths. And that's what he did. So he used those. Um, he had some ties. So he actually had six, and he chose five of the six. And he ran with it, and then he used that information to compare um, what he was learning about the candidates with what he actually values and who he, he is, and then made his decision about if he were able to vote today, who he'd vote for. And so I just wanted to brag a little bit about that, that he you know, went through this. This is a little over two-week project that he had to spend time doing, and believe me, he procrastinated. He really, really did. Um, but at the end of the day, he got it done, and he is a well-informed, sixth-grade, uh, not-able-to-vote person at this juncture. <laughs> but we're very proud of him and everything that he did. So I wanted to share that with everybody else. So now, without further ado, let me bring Glenn onto the program. Hey, Glenn, welcome back, Porch Rider, again. Oh, thank you again for having me back. You know, I was <laughs> listening to your, your little thing about uh, your son and – uh, you're an inspiration because I just wrote a three-word horror story, Trump or Clinton. You know, and so there you go. If that's not the <laughs> okay, no, we're not going to talk about you've ever heard. I know it. I know it. It's a bad bit. Yeah. <laughs> but very funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even. I'm not even going to watch the debates. I'm just 
I'm head down doing the things I need to do, and that's it. That's that's what I'm going to be doing. But I am proud of him, and and both of my husband and I are both yeah. very proud of him because I'll tell you what, that's quite the feat for a 12 year old boy to do an extra assignment <laughs> outside of school. Uh, yeah, I mean, it probably would have been better just to you know pull out teeth or something <laughs> to go through all that. You know, and it, yeah, and he didn't even want me to inform that his teacher. He has a social studies class, and, and his teacher was planning on covering things about the election. And so I knew that. And he didn't even want me to mention it to her that he was doing this. He's like, no, no, please don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then terrifying. the expectations would be yeah. too high. You know, he's like, uh, she'll, she'll exactly. want me to say something. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we had an, a very short conversation via Google Plus a couple weeks ago about writing and I was asking what you were up to um, and what do you remember what you said about what you were doing I have no idea that's too long ago <laughs> too long ago well it led to this <laughs> yeah. whole it led to this whole thing of why I wanted to talk about procrastination and why writers stop writing even if they're just stopping writing for a brief period of time because that was essentially what you were telling me is that you, had, you hadn't written in a long time um, and then, of course, just so everybody knows, before the show, I do chat with the guests. And so we were chatting before the show about some of this stuff, too. And you mentioned it's actually been, you said, like a year and a half or something since you wrote fiction? Uh, it's been at least that long. Uh, I mean, I've had little spurts of, of fiction stuff. and But just actually sit down and, and focus and do it. And I've tried a couple times to go NaNoWriMo, you know, uh, in the November and the July, and I pretty much get to the point where I've only written the title. And um, I just love going any further than that. And I don't, I, you know, we talked about it. And I Honestly, I'm just afraid of it. I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, sits right alongside of alligators and grizzly bears for me. I mean, mm-hmm. um Mm-hmm. I would and the thing rather that, avoid them. <laughs> well, I would rather avoid a grizzly bear and an alligator too. Yeah. <laughs> but what you're getting at, and and what we talked about briefly before the show, was this whole idea of a fear of failing, and putting something out there and it not being not taking off or not being received well, or you're perceiving that it's not being received well. And so the the question that I have is in, then what do you, how do you get around that? What do you do to deal with this fear? You know, I haven't figured it out yet. I mean, honestly, I, it's weird because nothing is more of a failure than not doing it, you know? Uh, so it's kind of that, that's 22 or, or situation where, you know, I'm afraid to do it, but I'm failing if I don't. And I thought what I would you know, I've done a little other, some other creative things um, in hopes of sparking that. Uh, but as of right now, as far as the actual fiction writing goes, it hasn't, it hasn't done much for me. Um, I have done a lot of writing recently. In fact, I've done a huge amount in the last few months uh, since I tried to do some other creative um you know, I worked on a YouTube channel just to do some creative things to help, you know, hoping that the spark would come. Although I'm, I'm not certain that the spark is, is about fiction 
as much as it's about afraid of fiction or afraid of writing, um, those kinds of things. And it's weird because I, I think they go together. Uh, you know, again, I, I write often enough, um, and some of it's you know opinion stuff and thought stuff, which is really what a fiction is. I guess you could argue that. But as far as actually building a character and being able to be within the character, you know, and living their life and getting it down on paper, there's a significant, you know, dark forest that I have to pass through that I haven't been able to do yet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting it's you bring up the whole, rest. you were hoping, you were hoping it would spark, um, doing the other ventures would spark some other creativity. It's interesting. I was, I've been listening to a book called Originals. Uh, by a guy named Adam Grant, and he, if I recall correctly, is an organizational psychologist, and so he does research and reads lots of research and things like that. And one of the things he brought up um, is that people who procrastinate, and that's not exactly what you're doing, though I could probably make the argument for it, um, those individuals tend to become more creative because when you stop something either in the middle of it and we've I know you've heard this I've heard this you know stop your sentence in the middle and then come back to it the next day or whatever it actually helps you push forward creatively and come with some ideas that are what you wouldn't have done otherwise by trying to just force the words onto the page which I felt really good about reading because I've been a procrastinator my entire life. <laughs> so I thought, oh, let's see, I was just being really creative. I used to say I could come up with some brilliant bullshit at two in the morning when the paper was due the next yeah. day. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it would just be, you know, and I would get an A on the paper. So then I was getting rewarded, right? <laughs> For my procrastination. Right. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> but I, you know, this, this idea that you've got, I, I think, like I said, it, some of this, the fear of failure and and you're and you're and it's stopping you from moving forward. I you know before the show we said I said I I didn't agree with you and part of it is because I had looked over on uh, on Amazon to look at at Furby we didn't mention it yet the book that um that you put out is called The Path and why don't you tell everybody quickly what that is about and then we'll get into a little bit more about this failure fear of failure thing. Okay. Uh- you know, it's weird because it's one of those stories that just kind of comes. Uh, well, I guess that's not weird. That's how they all go for me. Um, it's it's a <laughs> short story. Uh, it's about a young girl who finds herself kind of in the middle of death for the first time. And I wrote it as literary fiction because it was kind of a challenge for myself. Uh, and it was a suggestion from from a, a writer that I've got a lot of respect for who's actually, you know, been successful. And I've actually, I've been in her online magazine a few times with my horror stuff. And so she she suggested I try this. She said, I think you can do it. I said, okay, I'll give it a go. Uh, and the idea came from the family. Yorkie is getting really old. And I was thinking about one day how sad I was going to be when she was no longer around. And lo and behold, here comes the story. And it's really, um, it's also about the father of the daughter who's, you know, he's, he wants his daughter at such a young age to be protected from, from experiencing death for the first time. You know, he's hoping that she can wait until she's older where he thinks that, you know, perhaps she's uh, a little more, she has more, um, 
more of an ability to deal with it. And as the story ends out, uh, she deals with it fine. And it's a, it's a surprise. There's, you know, it's kind of a proud moment for the, for the father. And they're, they're both going along this, you know, this path with, um, to bury the, uh, the member of the family that had died. So, Mm-hmm. Um, so you touched on a couple things here I said in the beginning mm-hmm. oh he's a horror writer he writes thrillers and, and that's what his focus is did that intentionally right. because I knew we were going to talk about this and that is that your what you decided to publish and this is the first thing you've book wise you've really put out there is mm-hmm. um, literary fiction not horror <laughs> so you took well, a risk on something that was very different yeah. Uh, well, in the past, though, I, I have, you know, I've had horror stories that have been, you know, picked up through competitions and stuff like that. So it's not right. You know, it's it's my first attempt at something different in a different way. Uh, and the horror stories, and, and even on your site, I'm sure it's still there. It was one of the first ones. But you know, if we go back and think about it now, it's gosh, how many years ago was that? Now four, maybe three, three four. Ago? Yeah, with disconnect. Um, there's as much literary fiction in there as there is horror when I think about it. And it's still on your site somewhere. I, I don't think that, unless you took it down. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. it's there. So, it's on Corey um, Miller Wright. For everybody who's one, I'm not, it's on Corey Miller Wright. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was one of but those he, stories that was uh, emotionally charged, so I just wrote it and didn't think anything about it. But. Mm hmm. See, I, I guess I could see that there's some literary, some there's an aspect of literary fiction in what you wrote before, but this seems mm-hmm. like a, it's so different than that than yeah, what I've it, read it was, of yours before. It was hard to write. It was um, because I wanted to keep it in the literary fiction, but as they're walking along the path, I wanted things to climb and jump and slither and crawl out of the forest. I, I really did um, because. That's kind of how I think of it when I, you know, the stories I write have some sort of an element that way where it's, you know, the things that we're afraid of that are coming to us. Uh, right. So it was, I, I struggled with keeping the monsters out of the story. Um, not that I don't think it's a good story. I, I, I think it's a good story. Um, it's it just hasn't worked out the way I wanted and I haven't done any of it since. Um, so, although I'd like to, I like to incorporate those kinds of deeper, you know, humanistic qualities in the writings. Um, as far as to actually do some sort of, you know, day in, day out, daily living literary fiction stuff, I just don't think I could do it again. Uh, it's just, I can't mm-hmm. keep the monsters well, out of it enough, you know. Well, there's that, but literary fiction is not exactly an easy sell either um, no. in terms of uh, genre. So it, you you sat there and did something that was totally, it was outside of your realm. You took a, a risk, then you put it out there, and you put it out in a, a category that is a, a, a harder one to sell. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. We all know that mm-hmm. series writing is the the you know cream of the crop, and romance is on top of that. So... <laughs> Write a romantic series and you're good to go. Uh, the competition is really heavy. Yeah. I'll put a little slithering in there. It'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. 
I know that could go bad really quickly. <laughs> My brain was really going down that path quickly. Okay, we won't do that. Yeah, yeah. But okay. the other side of the, you know, when it comes to writing and publishing books and things, it takes a lot of marketing, of consistent marketing to get things moving at all, to move the needle at all. I mean, I can say last year I time because I wanted to focus on it on marketing my books and I saw a difference. I had I actually got a modest amount of money from selling and and marketing last year. And then this year I started graduate school um a couple of weeks ago, but I I just this year I've gone a little slower and I haven't been as consistent and I can see it in my numbers. Um so that I know that that's been my experience. Um on the on the publishing side of of things and I've you know, put out the short story collections and then the novels and, and stuff like that. So it, it really, for me, has come down to being consistent, finding the marketing that works for me and then being consistent with it, essentially. Um, but with your book, I thought it was interesting. You've got three reviews for this this book, The Path, and they're I all... Do? Yeah, you do. I you didn't three? know that? Oh, no, you three I, reviews I, for this book. When I, the, the very first review I got, I got an email about the review. I don't think I've seen an email about the review since. I didn't even know that there's three reviews. I thought there was only one. Yeah. No, there's three. And they're all, I think, five-star reviews. And if I remember right, they're all from verified purchases, which is heavier weight than when they're not. So you've got Uh, got a story there that people have really enjoyed. So it may be a matter of put some more marketing, serious marketing behind it, because you've got the reviews were excellent. I mean, they just were really good. Yeah, and again, when I read verified. the first one, I was I was completely taken back by it. I, I didn't expect that kind of review for the story. Um, you know, I was I was happy with people just picking up the book. As far as the review, I mean, I suppose that's part of it is is the review. I I mean, I don't know if I'd even care what the reviews were. Uh, I didn't write the book for I didn't write the story to get reviews. You know, I, I wrote it to see if I could do it, and it turned out well. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, I, you mean, I won't sit here and you know, as we, we talked many times before, you know, away from the radio show, and you know that I've never been somebody that's been overly comfortable with their writing. You know, I've always I've always diminished the quality of it or or the value of it. Um, I rarely ever talk about how I liked the story. Uh, there are very few mm-hmm. of the writings that I've done that I can go, you know what, I like that. Um, I thought this was really good. I enjoyed it. You know, I, I had a good feel for it. Uh, most of my stuff is, oh, gosh, this is terrible. You know, like, should I even Okay, but anymore? here's the thing. Um, mm-hmm. you, haven't, you haven't gone on Amazon and looked at, your, at these reviews, right? Uh, just the first right? one, and the reason I I knew it because I got an email for okay. it. So I don't know right. where that disconnect okay. has come from, because I would have okay. You know, and you, yeah. So you don't even know the rank of your book, then, do you? I have no idea what the rank of my book is. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now because you're sitting there trying. You're telling me about this fear of failure. Let me just explain this to you right now. I'm looking at the Amazon bestseller rank for your book, and in the paid Kindle store. It's like 554,164. That's actually not bad. It's not in the millions, and I've had mine in the millions. Um, but here's the thing that's really interesting. 
in your categories, you have this in Kindle eBooks, Literature and Fiction, Literary Fiction, Short Stories, and you're at number 1,021. Think how many books get published, and you're at 1,021 in, in short stories, in literary fiction short stories. That's excellent. I, I would consider that a win, personally. I, uh, That's what you I would. better stop telling me this. I'm not going to be able to fit my head through the door. <laughs> I'm just telling you, this is the reality yeah, of it. You, know, I, you were worried, I, oh, yeah. the, the failure side, but it's not failing. It's actually doing well. And it, you put a little bit of marketing behind this, this literary fiction short story book that you have mm-hmm. here, and you're going to see that number change. That just that number. The other one is like you've got it in single author, short story, single author. It's at seventy two fifty one. You've got it in books, literary literature and fiction, short stories, anthologies, short stories, and it's at eleven thousand seven forty five. You might want to change that that category if you can. Play with these categories. I wouldn't change it from that fir- the first two. I'd probably play with that third one a little bit because you can mm-hmm. change. See if you can get into another category that's literary fiction books short story books or something. I don't know if you can. If you can't, you usually can contact Amazon and see. Because like, if you see another mm-hmm. book that's like yours, that's short story literary fiction book, not the Kindle eBooks, and you can't, you see a book that's categorized that way, but then you can't find it when you go to change your categories on Amazon, you can usually contact Amazon and say, hey, I found this book in this category. Can I put my book in that category? Because I've done that. And so oh. I, I've been able to put my book in a category that I knew existed but couldn't find when I went to upload the material. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this this is not I you know three verified reviews. Here's what the first one said from Peter Noah Thomas. I feel like I just walked the path with Anna and her father. That's really good. The other one is yeah. Invisible Witness, and the title of the other one is Touching Story. Heartwarming story, well written, easy to visualize Anna and her father as they walk together. Because one of the things that you're excellent at, I swear to God, every time I would read something, the horror stuff that you did. The reason it was so great is because you, one, felt like you were there, which was terrifying, and two, <laughs> you could visualize it. I mean, I could see it all in my head when I was reading it. And so this person is saying the same thing about your literary fiction. And so, is the, so are the other uh, reviewers. They're basically saying, hey, we were right there and we could see it all. That's amazing. That's really good. Yeah. So, you know, just saying you might want to follow up on some serious marketing from the the path. And have to. And that, you know, as yeah. I guess my, my idea of failing is, is probably a little different than that. So, um, but I mean, when you actually look at the numbers, like you're saying, it's not that bad. Um, considering no. it's, what, two years old now and I've done minimal marketing, you know, right. I, I was never one of those people that was going to ram my book down somebody's throat. You know, I just didn't right. feel comfortable with it. I know that the, that thing is what annoys me more than any, is people like, here, this is my book, here, they can read it. And here, you can have some wine to, you know, follow this down with. I, I just, I wasn't one of those people that was going to do that. I, I, What I wanted and what I hoped is that it would, you know, it would succeed on its own merit. Uh, and I know that's, you know, a little bit ambitious to think that the book is just somebody's going to pick it up and go, oh, well, this is fantastic. Here, why, why don't you five people read this? Um, I was hoping for that, which is probably why the marketing mm-hmm. is so poor. Um, mm-hmm. So it is one of those things that I am not very good at, and that's for sure is the marketing section of it. 
Well, the, you know, the marketing side of it, it doesn't have to be the ram, ram it down your throat. I mean, I agree with you. I don't feel right. comfortable doing that sort of thing. And so I've, I've found methods that work for me, and it, bottom line is being really consistent about the methods that work for me. Um, and that category stuff I was just talking about, that's part of it. So knowing that you can play with those categories and what you can do, that's marketing, you know, and that's mm-hmm. a simple tweak to do that sort of stuff. Um, you, you know, I don't want you to procrastinate on this whole marketing thing. I'm bringing this full circle. I'm going to be following up with you on the marketing thing. Do not procrastinate. We get so off topic when we talk. <laughs> that's all right. It's yeah. that's part of the fun of the show. The first show that I, like I don't think we talked about. I don't think we talked about anything that we have listed as what to talk about on that first show. Probably not you the know? horror one we did uh, because we had like two other people or something on there, and we were right. talking about and horror. Was, we actually yeah, we had the uh, um, you know the guy from. Um, from England over there. England. And of course, yeah. It is, for so, whatever reason, is. So, Glenn, anyway, you need ahead. to uh, get back on the show with me and talk about all the things you did for marketing in, in the next, you know, month. Touch base with me. Oh, okay. And then we'll talk about no how things are changing. No pressure, right? Hey, I'm giving you a month to it's start It's coming up stuff. October, right? So I should probably <laughs> maybe focus on the October story. Uh, yeah, you could. I you know, and then, like I said, I'll send a little message. What did you do for marketing today? <laughs> well, Glenn, thank you so much for being with me on the show again. Oh, thank you for having me again. It's always a pleasure, and I'll be tweeting with you shortly to remind you about, you know, not procrastinating on the marketing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that works. I, I mean, I'm, I'm there once in a while. Uh, I'm not on I know. social media much anymore, but, you know uh, – I'm there. You'll see it. So. Okay. okay. I'll talk to you again. Thanks. For, thanks again, Corey. Bye. Well, that's it. That's Glenn. Go check him out. He's got a book out called The Path, and you heard the reviews. They're excellent, and they're all verified reviews, which is awesome. So until next time, pull up a chair, sit a spell, and write. Thanks for listening to Back Porch Writer. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe via iTunes so people just like you can find the show. If you've got comments, questions, or want to be a guest, visit BackPorchWriter.com for details. I'm your host, Corey Miller. Until next time, pull the chair, sit a spell, and write. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.